Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Thank you for tuning in this weekend to Let's Talk Portland, Intercom Radio Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. The mission of the Union Gospel Mission is feeding the hungry, restoring the addict, and loving our neighbor since 1927. The pandemic is making the holidays look very different for everyone this year, but let's find out what they're going to do at the Union Gospel Mission. On the show this time, I would like to welcome Bill Russell. Bill is the Executive Director of Union Gospel Mission. Hey there, Bill. Hey, Gary. Good to talk with you. Yeah, we, we talk a lot over the years. To have yeah, I, no regrets. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, it's good, good stuff. Well, I wanted to start out by asking you, since we have talked so many times over the years, is this time different than in, than in years past? Oh, absolutely. Oh, it it does. I mean, it's been a good kind of different in that when you're challenged to reformat things you've done traditionally one way, it it gives you energy. And when you really care about the people out on the streets, you're motivated to, to come up with new solutions. So, you know, traditionally, we've held big Thanksgiving dinners and Christmas meal celebrations for those experiencing homelessness. But this year, we've got to reformat that because you can't have a gathering. It's just not healthy. It's not safe, certainly not in the numbers uh, we've seen in the past. So we're, re- we're repackaging that whole thing, and there are some upsides to that. Yeah. Reinvention is kind of a good thing once in a while. I mean, you think of all the uh, inventions that have come through history regarding war. And, you know, we are somewhat at war with a very deadly pandemic. And the res- and some of the collateral results of that can be deadly this winter for people who are maybe homeless for the first time, but lost their hourly job and haven't been able to, to track back to something new. So we don't want to see anyone get hurt. We are definitely moving into the colder weather season and the holiday season. And uh, like you say, Thanksgiving is, is the next big holiday coming up. How are you guys going to do Thanksgiving this year? I know you usually do a big, big to do. Yeah, we're, we're doing it decentralized. Uh, we're working with our partners. We're taking it out to homeless camps. We're opening this winter a new shelter in southeast Portland in collaboration with Agape Village and Central Nazarene Church. So, I mean, we're, while we're gathering people in a way in a new place to keep them warm, we're also, we've now got a, a point of distribution and some new partners throughout the city that we can work with to make sure hungry people get fed and have 
a good, hot, nutritious Thanksgiving meal on, on that day. That's pretty cool. They can go kind of where they are. Yeah, and we've been doing that. I mean, uh, as you know, Gary, we have been uh, focusing on expanding our homeless services in a mobile fashion through our search and rescue program, where we go out and visit homeless camps, maybe 70 or upwards of that a week. And these are regular stops. They're not random. So people living in that area can develop some continuity in expecting us. We could get to know people because one-offs, don't really build the kind of trust you need to build to talk a person off the streets. How has search and rescue looked uh, during the pandemic? Well, we've done it, you know, safely. Um, We set up a little differently. We'll set up, we'll take our uh, search and rescue van. And if you haven't seen them, they'll say love on them or hope on them or something like that. It's, it's a really nicely branded, positive uh, message van. And it's, it's, not uh, trying to replicate a, a huge menu. We take basics out with us and uh, we'll set up at a site and the everybody on the crew will get out and set up tables around the back of the van that separate us like, like everywhere else, you know, social distancing. And then they have to watch their protocols and make sure everybody's masked up and gloved up and we're going to safely connect to people. Um, and care for them. And our concept is you care for them, you connect with them, and then you can coach them. What kind of need are you seeing out there at this time, Bill? Well, I mean, did, didn't it, it was, it seemed like it was like warm last week or you know, two weeks yeah, ago. It doesn't seem and like that long ago. It, yeah. So um, warmth is a huge need right now with La Nina and cold Pacific Ocean temperatures. Um, you know, the best guessers are guessing that we're going to have a cold winter. So warmth is a gigantic need. So we're always looking for warm coats, sleeping bags, anything that will help keep a person warm. People will give us hand warmers, um, but, uh, you know, warmth is a big deal. And then, and then the other thing, as we go into the holidays, we're looking for um, things that we can turn into Thanksgiving um, meals. But, you know, certainly for warmth, we, we need donations of coffee, blankets, um, warm shoes, and boots. Um, and then if, if people want to help us with our traditional Thanksgiving food preparation, we always take turkeys and at Christmas we take hams. And I mean, Portland has been great in, in you know, showing up Thanksgiving week with, with numbers of turkeys that we cook in advance of the day so we can distribute it. And they are delicious. Um, our, our food service director does a great job in, in pre-cooking those turkeys, but keeping the meat moist. And it always tastes to me like it's come right out of grandma's oven. (laughs) You know, that's what, and there is some emotional or spiritual connection when you taste that it's something different than an MRE or a sack lunch or something like that. Um, I think, I think a lot of us kind of want to reconnect to that kind of warmth and love we had when we were kids. We're talking today with Bill Russell, executive director of the Union Gospel Mission. Now, Bill, if people listening right now want to help out, uh, what's the best place for them to drop off stuff that, that you may need and what exactly do you need? Yeah, um, exactly. It, it is, um, 
I think what we're what we're reaching out for right now in terms of of gear are the things that I met, mentioned that are are geared to keep people warm in the in the holidays. Um, so uh, that that being said, we we always need caring volunteers. We won't need as many on Thanksgiving as in the past. So some people out there listening here might say, well, you know, I'd love to go down and volunteer. Even when we had a gigantic um, event and we were able to use 200 people at a time down here on Thanksgiving Day, that was two shifts. Um, we can't do that right now. So uh, volunteers are more regular in our search and rescue program. Uh, we have some great software through Volunteer Hub, but if they go to our website and and they click the Get Involved thing, you can find the whole pathway to being a volunteer because people's time and their talents are really important. But, you know, a lot of people can't do that, and what they want to know is what can I bring down to the mission? And so, again, uh, coffee, blankets, sleeping bags, coats, warm shoes, boots. Those are the main things we're taking right now. And um, so you can bring them down to the corner of 3rd and Burnside. We're at Northwest 3rd and Burnside. So if people will come south on on Northwest 3rd Avenue, sounds like an oxymoron there, but you're heading south. That's the one-way street going south. And as you come up, as you're crossing Cooch, get over in the right lane, pull up to the curb. During COVID, there's most always curb excuse me curb parking and you could either uh, call the mission from your cell phone and we'll come out and get it or you can come and knock on the door and say you have a donation to drop off so that's kind of low-hanging fruit a lot of people know where it is we've been in this neighborhood for decades the other thing people can do is is drop off donations for thanksgiving out at our thrift store which is right across from the uh, Tigert Cinemas on Pacific Highway South in between I-5 and 217. And it's just right across Pacific Highway South from the Tigert Cinemas. There's a um, teriyaki shop there by Les Schwab, and it's behind that. And people bring stuff out there, and we cart it downtown and sort it out and, and get it out to the people on the streets. But, you know, what? and then we, we always need cash. Uh, gold ingots, property, um, whatever people have, uh, we will put it to good use. And I guarantee you, we will stretch that dollar until it screams. So, Does the Union Gospel Mission accept cars as donations? We do. Yeah, we've, we've got a, a dealer's license and we can take cars. We don't heavily promote that, but that really does help us out. And I was just looking the other day, for whatever reason, we haven't taken a car during the pandemic. So maybe one of your listeners can be the first to say, <laughs> you know, that car's not being used. The mission could use it. I'm going to donate the car. But uh, yeah, they could just call call us at 503-274-GIVE or bring it to the thrift store out on Pacific Highway South in uh, Tigard. I want to kind of circle back to your thrift store. Uh, is, yeah. is the thrift store open now during the pandemic? It is. Um, this is a thrift store that is run uh, by our residents and a few staff, and it's a great operation. I love to see people become productive after they've kind of been out of it for a while, and the thrift store allows us to, to 
scroll people through various levels of productivity. Um, If someone is coming um, off the streets and they need a little uh, flat ramp to kind of get back up to full speed, you could be sorting bric-a-brac or clothes or, or helping out in the store, and it really is great therapy. And then as people move on, they move into key and managerial positions. And we have a track record of seeing people leave that work and go on and get other leadership type work or good supervisor work. Um, I just got a call from a woman who came out of a homeless camp a couple years ago who was promoted out of McDonald's. uh, And it's her third promotion out there. You wouldn't believe how thrilled someone is. And, you know, maybe you and I... uh, coming out of college wouldn't see that track as as our best um our best path but believe me for someone who wants to cash flow their life and wants to support their kids and provide a home that that's a great track and so i always love to see our recovery residents out there working with empowering staff who can encourage them along and work alongside of them and guide them it's just a good recipe gary do a lot of people that you work with, do they often come back and, and give back to the Union Gospel Mission? They do. I just ran into a guy on my way to talk with you who was uh, in our place, and he's out working a job with a with a very good uh good job right now and yet um he works nights or swing and he'll come back in the day and help out um maybe in our kitchen um and then he's going to take a part-time week weekend job at our new shelter out in southeast and do one night out there and so i just i can't say enough about people who uh, develop a passion to help people after they've been helped and it's so common that I mean, we're always challenged to how can we get everyone involved in a positive way? But, you know, one thing our volunteers have said to us, and I'm not talking about people who've been through program and want to come back and give back, but I'm just talking about good, solid, you know, regular citizens who come in. They so treasure the opportunity to come and work with someone who's going through it or has gone through it. Because we all want to see that kind of progress. We all want to be uh, in, the, in the process of helping out someone who really wants to turn their life around. And uh, it, it's just such a treasure to us. Yeah, that's wonderful. See, Bill, how does homelessness happen and how can we prevent it before it does happen? Boy, there are so many different levels. That, that is a great question. It is a complex question. Um, And sometimes it is as simple as a couple that has worked their entire life in a market where their combined Social Security benefits and whatever they socked away is not enough to keep up with increased housing costs. And it's sad, but, you know, as we go out and search and rescue, we run into people living in their RVs on the streets. And I I just talked to a guy Sunday night. And he's making progress, but it's really hard. And he's always been a tax-paying hard worker who just can't keep up anymore. And granted, he's worked at the lower end of the pay scale and been an hourly guy, and he doesn't have a college degree or anything. But, uh, you know, we want to help someone like that and guide them to resources where they can get a foot up. And, um, you know, I'm part of uh, other organizations or advising other organizations that are looking at that high barrier rung of homelessness. These are people who are, are first time newly homeless. And I think most people that I know would want them uh, 
to either prevent becoming homeless or get out of homelessness as soon as possible. And you move all the way to the other side. One of my best friends, a guy who's been chronically homeless, he's got a lot of challenges, physical disabilities, and at times emotional disabilities. And it's just very hard for him to get off the streets and stay off the streets. He's got, a, he's kind of challenged with a kind of agoraphobia that prevents him from functioning well in a shelter or in a crowded apartment. And those are typically where people get housing coming out of homelessness. And he's blown that up a number of times. But, you know, he's a good guy and he helps a lot of people out, but he's just stuck out on the street in that condition. And I think that's probably, you know, the opposite end of the spectrum where someone's been out for 10 years and all the resources that we can cobble together seem to not result in that person coming off the streets. Um, and, and somewhere in between, there are a lot of different kinds of people. Um, you know, I think there's uh, ballot issues right now that are hoping to increase uh, drug treatment for people who are particularly heroin and meth uh, addicted because that generates a fire hose of homelessness. And those people are not going to get out of homelessness until they get off drugs. And even providing them housing, even though that's a success indicator, if a person's active in meth or heroin, it's typically not safe housing. They make the housing unsafe by their need to generate funds to buy the illicit drugs. And so, I mean, that is an area where everyone wants a solution. And I can guarantee you there are times you're driving down the freeway and you see homelessness strung along the right-of-way on the side of the freeway. I can absolutely prove to you that a number of those people are either meth or heroin addicted. And they're out there because of the economy of their addiction. And those people need to get off those drugs. So, you know, I, I think there have been really simple solutions to homelessness trotted out. Because if you give a person a home, they're no longer homeless. The question is, can they maintain it? And, and can they um, uh, continue and not uh, recidivize out of that house situation? And there are a lot of people working on this, Gary. And so yeah. we just have to be wise and continue to do our part in it. Once again, we're talking with Bill Russell, Executive Director of the Union Gospel Mission. And Bill, one of your legacies is life change. Mm-hmm. Tell me about life change. Well, if someone comes in and says, I want to, to get a new start, I want to turn my life around, and we've created a residential recovery program. So they're not living off-site and coming in for program. They're going to live in the program. And it's one that pays attention to the biological, psychological, social, and spiritual needs of a person so that all those areas can work together to create a safe healing environment where they can uh, overcome whatever it, it is that put them in homelessness. Some women that come to us for residential recovery are recovering from domestic violence abuse. And someone can say about them, well, you know, you've had a bad picker. You've picked abusive men. That might be true, but it's a condition that needs to be turned around because we all 
in our culture don't want to see that woman continually in an abusive relationship. And there's, there's a certain protocol. So we blend um, a front-end program that allows a person to settle down and stabilize and receive basic services. And then we begin adding and, and helping them with both mental health therapy. If they need substance abuse addiction recovery, they get that. If they need domestic violence abuse recovery, we have specialized class. If women need parenting classes or reunification with their kids, we do that. Same thing with men. We want to see whole families restored. And with the women, I think the great thing about our program, and to some extent with the men, children can recover with their moms. And, uh, and th- that's what we're after, because when, if they become a family in recovery, then they're much more likely to all support each other in recovery. And so we've had some real breakthroughs with uh, some teenage kids that, you know, have had to go through experiences that I never had. And I, I didn't have a perfect life. And I was a substance abuser when I was young. But, you know, with some of our kids, I just think, man, I can't imagine growing up with that level of volatility or abuse. And so what we want and what we're excited to do is to provide stability and healing so that we're going to change the directory or God's going to change the directory of that child for the rest of their life. And it is so thrilling to see kids who maybe I first saw when they were five or eight or 12 or 13, now years later, really benefiting from the kind of stability and structure that their parents found and that they found coming into life change and living for a season. And I think typically, you know, someone's going to spend a year, a year and a half, up to two and a half years in our system, depending on their needs and what they want to accomplish. It must be so important to break that cycle. It is. I mean, obviously they're going to have to do it and I encourage them to do it with as much help as they could get from God and other people to get that job done. Uh, Certainly when I say biopsychosocial, change doesn't happen to any of us for any reason, unless we change the way we process our thinking about that particular thing. And so, um, you know, that, that takes a while. I think, I think it is easier uh, to biologically recover. That usually takes somewhere between six weeks and six months. But to psychologically and to socially recover and not go back to the same faces and the same places um, that you have had that get you into a very miserable lifestyle, that's a different thing. That takes a lot more formation time. And I love our mental health therapists. We have about, I think, you know, at our Zenith, we have 20 to 24 with COVID and telemed. I'm, I'm not sure how many we have today, but everybody's getting mental health therapy. I, it's just uh, harder to count on the phone than it was when, when yeah. uh, mental health workers were trotting in here and I could see them and ask them how they're doing. Bill, we've got a couple of minutes left. I want to round out this show by uh, talking about what the Union Gospel Mission is doing uh, and anticipating this holiday season and this winter. Well, again, we're, we're expanding.
expanding our shelter provision by opening up a new 40-bed shelter in southeast Portland at Powell and I-205. Um, that's uh, I'm excited about that because it seems like we're crawling over provision downtown. But that's a, an area, Gary, that if you haven't seen it, there are an extremely increased number of unsheltered homeless people somewhere in the vicinity of Powell and I-205, running up and down I-205 and out the Springwater Trail. And so we're excited about bringing resource out there and, again, giving people a calm place to kind of pivot off the streets. Um, this, the second thing is help us do our, our expanded but dis, um, uh, or decentralized Thanksgiving and Christmas and help, you know, we're, we want to get warmth and, and good food to people. So please, if you could donate sleeping bags, coats, shoes, anything like that, or turkeys and hams, do it. We'll make good use of it. And we can always use cash. But um, we're, we're gearing up. And, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope La Nina is not as bad with cold Pacific waters. But we could have a colder than usual um, winter. And so what we want to make sure, and all everyone listening to this needs to make sure, is if you see someone who's kind of out of it and they're sleeping on freezing concrete with nothing underneath them, they're not long for this world. Uh, they can get hypothermia very quickly and die. We don't want to see record numbers of deaths of unsheltered homeless people. So call 211 or call 911 and get them help immediately. If we all just do our part, we'll make it That's through. That's it. And, yeah. you know, again, Gary, Portlanders are so good at yeah. doing their part. Yeah. I'm always encouraged by the generosity and the community-mindedness of this community. Well, Bill, as always, thank you. <laughs> it's so good to talk with you. And happy holidays. Yeah, you too. Back at you. We've been talking today with Bill Russell, Executive Director of Union Gospel Mission. If you'd like to hear this interview again, a podcast is available online. Just search Let's Talk Portland on the Radio.com app. Let's Talk Portland is an Intercom public affairs program.